0: All right, that is so awesome. I've been sending like my dad's been sending me pictures of him and Jack hanging out with the kids there, and it looks like just the most amazing place, the most amazing people. So it'll be cool to see how that, uh, how this like partnership with them continues. So if you guys want to open up your Bibles to Psalm sixty-three, we're doing a little mini series on Psalms. And Jordan did an awesome job of just kind of overviewing the Psalms and how the Psalms are a place where we can just cry out to God. Whatever we're feeling, however we're, whatever we're going through, we can just pray to God. We can cry out to Him. And so as we look at Psalm 63, we're going to learn more about just David's heart and David's character and what we can learn about God through David. So humans long to be satisfied. I don't know if you guys ever had, like when you were a kid, have you ever had that like, gift that you've wanted so badly, and then you got it, and then like two weeks later, you never thought about this gift again? Or even worse, you've given somebody a gift, and you're like, this, I, this is like the world I'm giving to you, and then they like, forget about it, and they don't use it, and how it's just like, heartbreaking. But that feeling of getting a gift and then not being satisfied for long, that isn't just something that happens when we're a kid, it happens... When we grow up and when we become adults and all through our lives, we're this, we have this longing to be satisfied, this longing in our souls. And maybe it's a material thing. Maybe it's like cars or maybe we're looking for vacations or whatever. We're looking to these things and we're, we want to do them because we have this longing in our hearts and we go and do them. It feels great. And then after a while, the shine kind of wears off on it and we're left wanting more, and we have to do more and buy more and go more places. But maybe it's not a material thing that we're longing for. Maybe it's a feeling or a desire to be successful. Maybe it's a longing to be approved of or accepted. But the problem with these things as well is that as soon as we get a taste of it, we're left just wanting more. No matter how successful you can become, you're left wanting more. No matter how liked you are or how loved you are or accepted you are, there is a feeling of wanting more. And I speak from experience, I'm sure we all can relate to this in some way, that whatever we look for in this world, it just doesn't satisfy. Jim Carrey, the famous comedian, says this. He says, I hope I hope everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything that they ever dreamed of so they will know that it's not the answer. It's genius. I hope everybody will have everybody that they ever wanted, like everything they ever wanted, so that they would know that that doesn't satisfy their souls, so they would know that that isn't what we're actually longing for. And in the Bible, there's a a character who talks about this a lot, Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he gave himself everything. He, he gave himself, he had the most money. Like some people believe that he was the richest man ever. Like in terms of like that time, he had everything. He had riches, he had the palaces, he had everything. And yet he still said that all of that was pointless. All of that was a striving after the wind. All of it was vanity. We're not satisfied. But why aren't we satisfied? Why don't the things of this world actually satisfy us? And it's because we have this eternity in our hearts. Solomon talks about it. He said he had all the things that he ever wanted and he wasn't satisfied. And he says that we have an eternity in our hearts. A limitless, infinite longing for more. I think we can all relate to that. We long for more. Our souls are longing for more. Once we recognize this longing, we have to respond. And there's three ways, at least three ways, that we can respond. The first way is very, very common in our day and age, is distracting ourselves to death. We have a longing for more But we just distract ourselves from that because it's easier than actually facing it and figuring out what that longing is. We just scroll mindlessly on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, watch videos, constantly check the news and check websites and just fill our brains with information and content and entertainment to the point that our souls are actually numb from, but we still have that longing. So we can either distract ourselves or we can continue to search for satisfaction in the things of this world, the things that we know don't work, or we can search for the true source of lasting satisfaction. And C.S. Lewis said this, he said, if we have desire that can't be satisfied in this world, The most probable outcome is that we were made for another world. We have a longing for more. So do you want to be satisfied? Do you want to be satisfied? And this is where Psalm 63 comes in. So Psalm 63 verse 1 says this. Not 36, 63, (laughs) just so you know. Psalm 63 verse 1 says this, God, you are my God. I shall be watching for you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. David longed for God. He didn't long for the things that Solomon longed for. He didn't long for the things of this world. He recognized that his soul, more than anything, longed for God. And this isn't just David's soul. This is ours, that eternity in our hearts. A major theme throughout the Bible is this longing for more. We long to worship. We long to have this like eternal hole inside of our hearts filled. So we try to fill it with stuff. But we're not made for this world. We are made for God. Psalm 100 verse three says this. It is he who, who made us and we are his so why do our souls long for god because he made us and we are his he is our resting place he is the one that our souls are trying to get to and whether we recognize it or not this is the state of our hearts we our souls are longing for god our souls are thirsting yearning for god And we misplace it all the time. All of us do. I do. But that is our hearts. Our hearts are longing for God. More specifically, our souls are longing to know God. Our souls long for God and our souls long to know God. And this is what David talks about in verse 2. It says this, So have I seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. David saw God and he knew God. He had experienced God. He had an encounter with God. He beheld God in all of his glory and power. He knew him. And Paul talks about knowing God when he says this in Philippians 3 verse 10, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing him. And it doesn't say knowing about Christ Jesus, my Lord. We can, it's really, really easy to know about somebody, and know a lot about somebody, but not know somebody. You can know about celebrities, you can know about politicians, you can know about like even a family member, but you might not know them. And the important thing is not knowing about Christ Jesus. It's knowing Christ Jesus. Our souls do not long to know about God. Our souls long to know God, to know him personally. As Christians, I find that, and this is myself too, we get caught up in trying to know a lot about God. Francis Chan, the famous author and pastor, he went to seminary when he was younger, and he, one of his big issues with it is that it seemed like a lot of people knew a lot about God, but they weren't interested in actually knowing Him. They were filling their brain with information from the Bible. They were able to answer questions. They were able to like, even give a defense for the hope that was in them. They had all the answers they had. They knew what to say in a debate. They knew the theology behind everything but he found that they didn't know God personally. But here's the problem with knowing a lot about God and not knowing him, is that there's no power in knowing about God. There's no transformation in knowing about God. There's no sanctification in knowing about God. There's no satisfaction in knowing about God. There's no power, there's no point in filling our brain with information about who God is if we're not wanting to know who he is. We want to get to know him. And obviously knowing about God and knowing the information is great if your first goal is to know him because that's what your soul is longing for. Your soul isn't longing to know about God. Your soul is longing to know God. And that's where the power is. That's where the answers lie in knowing him, not knowing about him. Knowing God satisfies our soul. David says in verse five, says simply, my soul is satisfied. His soul thirsted for God. He saw God. He beheld his power and glory. He knew him. And the result is that his soul is satisfied. He found what he was made for. Solomon longed for everything that the world could give, and he wasn't satisfied. David longed for what this world could not give, God himself, to know him, and he was satisfied. That eternity in our hearts finds its answer in God, in knowing him, because he is the eternal, everlasting God, and only he can fill that hole in our hearts. Know God and be satisfied. If you're going to remember one thing from this sermon, know God and be satisfied. Know God and be satisfied. Don't know about him and be satisfied. Know God and be satisfied. When we read the Bible, we start to see who God is, and we start to behold his power and glory. I want us to know God. I want to know God. I want to know the God whose love is better than life. I want to know the God whose faithfulness never ends, whose compassion is towards the lowly and the broken, who comforts the brokenhearted. I want to know the God who made the heavens and the earth and the stars, whose very word changes things. I want to know the God whose power is infinite. I want to know the God who is just. I want to know the God who faces sin and brokenness and makes a way. I wanna know that God. I want us to know that God personally because when we know him personally, not know about him, not be able to just recant those things in my mind and say them and know them informationally, but when we know him personally, that is when we are satisfied. That is when your soul stops looking for answers everywhere else and that is when we are satisfied. Know God and be satisfied. Know God and experience life. Jesus says this, for you, or no, in Psalms it says, For you make known to me the path of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's saying, the Bible is saying, with God there is life. Life, satisfaction, freedom, joy, peace, everlasting, abundant life. And that's what we're longing for. That is what our souls are longing for. And when we look outside and we just see our culture for a second, we are desperately trying to fill that hole in our hearts with stuff. And it's so sad because it never works. And they all know it doesn't work. We all know it doesn't work. And yet we we don't look to the one who made us. Know God and be satisfied. Paul said this, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So with God, life and peace. Outside of him, death, dissatisfaction, longing, emptiness. And I know this from experience. My key turning point to following Jesus was when I was in grade nine And I was so just dissatisfied. And I wanted the stuff. I wanted the newest phone. I wanted to be cool. I wanted my friends to like me. I wanted everything that the world could offer me. And then I realized, by God's grace, that none of that stuff would ever satisfy my soul. Only with God is there life and peace. And from that moment on, I have, whenever I have longed and known God and sought his face. I have been satisfied deeply. Whenever I try to fill my life with just YouTube or stuff or whatever it is, whenever I do that, I'm always left longing for more. But when I know God, I am satisfied. Know God and be satisfied. And when we go back to Philippians 3.10, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. The surpassing value, that thing that satisfies deeply is knowing Christ Jesus. God satisfies. And if you're wondering If that is true, and you're looking, like this morning, you're longing for more, like can God really satisfy? Yes. He is true to his promises. For with him is the path of life. You will experience that life if you know God. If you have that relationship with him. This beautiful hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, says it wonderfully. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Know God and be satisfied. Stop searching. I can tell you right now, the answer that you're looking for in this life is God, is knowing him, knowing Christ Jesus. And talk to me, talk to any other follower of Jesus, they will all say the same thing, that life is found in knowing God. Peace is found in knowing God. Joy is found in knowing God. Life and satisfaction is found in knowing God. Know God and be satisfied. So, how can you know this God? This God who loves you, this God who has made you, this God that you were destined to be with. How can you know Him? You can know Him by having a relationship with Him. It's so simple. Just like every other person, it's like a relationship with a friend or a spouse. You spend time with Him. And here's a few ways that we can do that this week spend time in His Word. His word is the number one place that we know about God, just like I said before. Through his word, the Holy Spirit teaches us and shapes us and renews us and opens our eyes to know him more and more deeply. Spend time in his word. In daily devotions in the morning, just reading a passage of scripture and then journaling and praying And memorizing is a huge one. So John and Lorraine Berrigan, they're here. Amazing people. They are a huge part of church renewal. And one of the things that church renewal does is this abide program or course. It's like a discipleship um, program. And I've been going through it with a dozen other people across Canada. And one of the biggest impacts that um, the Lord has done in my life is memorization of scripture. And I've really only tried to do it the last couple weeks but that's how big it is. Like, it is amazing. As soon as I started to memorize scripture, so I memorized that, Philippians 3.10, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That little verse, I repeat it 10 times in the morning, and then throughout my day, instead of looking at my phone, instead of whatever, just repeat the verse in your head. And the more that you do that, the more that you are with God. And the more that that verse starts to change you and shape you by the Holy Spirit in you. And the more you're aware of his presence, the more satisfied you will be. So memorization is huge. Spending time in prayer, both asking and listening and just being still, just being with the Lord, seeking his face, asking him to reveal himself to you, Just like Jordan spoke about last week, just bearing your heart out before him and letting him comfort you and wash over you with his love. Spend time in prayer and ask the Spirit to help you be with God throughout your day. The only way that we can have a relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is key. If we want to know God, we will will be with and be aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's simple, just ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, help me be aware of your presence today. You are always with me, but help me always be with you. In my mind, in my heart, help me to know you. Reveal yourself to me. And as we do these things, as we pursue the Lord, by his grace alone, we will know him more and more and more. And in turn, we will fulfill the greatest commandment. We will love him more and more and more. We will love him with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strength, our soul, everything. We will love him. And when we love him, we will want to know him more. And as we know him more, we will love him more. Very, very simple. And we get caught up, and I get in the way of myself all the time, and that we make it like, oh, I have to do my devotions, and I have to do this. It's like, God just wants us to be with him, and just wants us to spend time with him, and to know him, and to love him. So we can come before him. We can read a verse, and we can be changed and transformed. It's so simple, and it's not about knowing about God again. It's about knowing him personally, not just trying to fill our brains with information, trying to know him. And when we know him more and more and love him, just like I said, we will praise him. We will worship him. Because your love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. In the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. God, because I know who you are, because I know who you are and what you've done for me, I will praise you. Again, we were made to worship, and we were made to worship God. And when we know him, our natural response will be to praise him, to praise him, to worship him for all that he's doing, for who he is. And in turn, we will love him more and know him more. It's a beautiful, beautiful cycle. This relationship with God transforms us, shapes us to be more like God, and satisfies our soul. Know God and be satisfied. Know God and be satisfied. So Christians this morning and the band can come up and stay focused on me when the band's coming up. I realized last week I spoke at Pursuit. As soon as I said band come up, everybody's just like, oh yeah, we're done, you know. But try to stay focused on me for a second. So Christians, this is an invitation to not know about God, but to know God. Again, we get caught up in this knowing about and having a lot of information about him, but that's not what we've been made for. That's not what our souls long for. That's not what your soul is longing for. Your soul was meant to know God. And ask the Holy Spirit, pursue that relationship. Spend time with him. And as you do that, you will be satisfied. And for those of you who don't know Jesus this morning, Know that God made you in his image. He made you to know him. He made you to follow him. And he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die in your place. Took your sin onto himself. The thing that keeps us from God. and Having that relationship that we desperately need. He took that sin onto himself, and he died in our place, taking our eternal punishment that we deserved. He took it, and he rose from the dead, beat death and sin forever, so that we, you, could have a relationship with him, be filled with his spirit this morning. He loves you so much that he died for Greater love has no man than to die and lay down his life for his friends and Jesus the king of the universe did that for you did that for you this relationship is available because of Jesus so I'm going to invite you guys bow your heads I'm going to spend some time praying I'll invite the elders up now and Staff and pastors to be available to pray during worship. If you don't know Jesus this morning, but you want to have that relationship with him, you want to know him and you want to be satisfied, I implore you, come before him. Romans 10 verse 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if that's you this morning, you want to make that decision. Everybody's eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. If that's you, would you raise your hand so that we can pray for you? Awesome. I see you. Thank you. pray and if you know God I I will pray that you won't be satisfied with knowing about him but that you will be satisfied in knowing him so the elders can come up and I'm going to pray Heavenly Father just praise you for who you are I thank you that your love is better than life I thank you that your gospel still has power. That you, Jesus, you transform everything. You change everything. I pray for those who lifted up their hands or said in their hearts that they want to follow you, God. I pray, God, that you would speak to them as they ask for forgiveness of their sins, that they would know you deeply, Lord Jesus, and that they would know that this decision is the best decision they will ever make. Surround them with your love that they would know you deeply and have an experience with you that they will never ever forget and that will change the rest of their eternity. Lord Jesus, I pray. Fill them with your spirit. Draw them close to you. And for those of us who know you, God, I pray that we would know you more. That we wouldn't be satisfied with just trying to know about you but that we would want to know you personally and intimately, Lord Jesus. Help us to remain with you at every moment of the day. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you guys want prayer, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, come on up and get prayed with and just like let the elders talk with you there's no judgment from anybody i know it might be feel weird walking down the aisle but there's no judgment everybody's cheering you on this is a family so if you want to come up and get prayed for i encourage you to do that and let's worship together